You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 205. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a fiduciary, a fee-only certified financial planner and educator and a wealth advisor. It is great to be with you today. And today's episode is all about money and marriage. But before we get to the topic of the day, I have some news for you real quickly. My oldest daughter is getting married this weekend in Washington, D.C. So as you can tell from my podcast episode topic that it is all coming together today or this weekend. And as I was listening to the song from our father-daughter dance we're going to have in a couple of days. Man, those feels just started coming over me. And then I wrote a note to my daughter yesterday while I finished it off. And oh man, the feels started coming on strong again. If you know me, you know I'm an emotional dude and I cry easily. The tears were coming down as I was reminiscing about Chloe, my oldest daughter, growing up and where she is today. So I'm going to do my best this weekend to keep it all together so I'm able to do things like read the note to Chloe at our first look where I get to see her in her wedding dress after her future husband, of course, at the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. And then I got to keep it together for the father of the bride's speech right before dinner. I am going to be an absolute mess. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Money and marriage. So what about you? Maybe you just got married or maybe you have kids that are about to get married or maybe you and your spouse fight about money in your marriage and need to recommit to a healthier marriage around money. If this is the case, this episode is for you. And if you and your spouse don't fight about money, this episode is still for you. Pick up a tip and a trick and use it in your marriage. So I scanned the internet to see what the experts had to say about money, and I found a great article written by Rachel Cruz. Now, Rachel is the daughter of Dave Ramsey. She is a co-host on the Dave Ramsey Show, but she is her own person, and she is all over 
social media, the news. She writes a lot of articles, and she wrote an article called Money and Marriage, Seven Tips for a Healthy Relationship. You know, I taught Financial Peace University for many years. I'm taking a little break right now within the midst of everything that's going on in my life. But Rachel did a video or a section in Financial Peace University about young married couples, about budgeting, about college savings. So she, who is young herself, and at least when she did the video, new in her marriage and new in having kids. So she coined herself the expert for the young family. And she gave in this article seven tips. Now, it doesn't mean that I believe exactly in each one of these tips. So I just want to give you my spin on how I feel about these tips. Now, Rachel and I are mostly on the same page, but I do believe sometimes Dave Ramsey And the folks at Dave Ramsey can get a little bit pigeonholed an idea that they may have had 20 years ago that they're just sticking to when there are alternatives. So let's get into these seven tips. I'm not going to read this article. I'm just going to read the tips and then give you my spin. But we will have this article linked in the show notes at bestandwealth. Look up episode number 205 and you'll find it. So the first tip is keep a joint bank account. Now, Rachel believes that because you're getting married, you are one now. And that if you keep separate bank accounts, that it's always going to be a his and a her. And we're not really laying the groundwork for a great marriage. Now, I will say that when I got married, I thought about keeping a separate account and my wife and I having our separate accounts and then having one joint account and we would jointly pay the bills and then I would have my money and she would have hers. Rachel says, not a good idea. I will say it may not be a horrible idea. And so I will offer this advice. If you keep a joint bank account, which is what my wife and I have, I strongly suggest that when you're doing your spending plan for the month, that you have a flex account, money that you each can have. It's in the joint account, but you cannot roll your eyes when your spouse comes in with a bag full of whatever, and you don't like what he or she just bought. Because you have no say in the matter. It is coming out of your own flex account. And in our spending plan, it's the only line item that rolls over into the next month. So if I have a $200 a month flex account and I only spend 100 bucks, next month I get that 100 still plus a fresh 200 and I have 300. Now, if my wife spends all 200, hint, hint, that happens a lot. She doesn't have anything to roll over. And so it works because some people want to save up for things. Other people want to spend as soon as the money hits the account. So my best advice in tip number one on keep a joint bank account is if you do it, and I do suggest that you do, that you have a flex account. And if you don't, I do believe that it'll work because a lot of people keep separate accounts and have a joint account right now because it works 
for them. Tip number two, discuss your lifestyle choices together. So you and your spouse may have different shopping habits. One of you may spend a lot at designer type stores where a sweatshirt might cost $200. Your new spouse or existing spouse may go to Goodwill and buy a sweatshirt for 10 bucks. You need to get on the same page about who is right and who is wrong. And the answer is no one's right or wrong here, but you must come to a compromise. Once again, This is why I love the Flex account. I love the Flex account because you can keep the joint account, but you still are able to save for things if you are the one that likes high-end products or expensive products. For me, it's electronics, so I'm going to save for months on electronics. And then for somebody else who just spends, maybe buys a lot of things, but they don't cost as much, we can come to that compromise. And in this article, they did a research study and couples in healthy marriages talk about money. If you talk daily or weekly with your spouse about money, you have a great marriage. Your marriage tends to be better. If you're in an okay marriage, or you're in a marriage that's in crisis right now, you tend to talk to your spouse a lot less about money. All right, tip number three, recognize your difference in personality. What does Rachel mean by this? Well, Dave Ramsey often talks about the free-spirited person in the marriage and the nerd in the marriage. There always tends to be one person that likes to spend money more than the other person, and they're usually tends to be one person, the nerd, that tends to want to keep the bank account straight, pay the bills, look at the bank account on a daily basis. So find out who is best at that, who's the biggest nerd, and have that person handle the day-to-day operations of your family business because your family is a business. However, and this is extremely important, when you do your spending plan for the month, and notice that it's not one of the even one of the tips on doing a spending plan because that's just a must. That's like a pre-tip. We need to have a spending plan each and every one of us every month. Let's put a name to every dollar so that we control our money and our money doesn't control us. But back to the tip, if you're the nerd and you're controlling the expenses and doing the day-to-day operations in the business, that spending plan you're doing together. Now, the nerd might get the spreadsheet together or go to every dollar app or the YNAB, you need a budget app and get the initial budget prepared for the month. But you both are looking at it and agreeing on the spending plan. You need to work on the spending plan together. Use your personality differences to become stronger in a more united team. Okay, tip number four, don't let salary differences come between you. Man, I have seen this more than once. 
the higher income earner in a marriage for some reason feels like they should have more power and more say over what is going on with the money. It's not your money. It's our money. And I almost became victim of this when I got married in 2006. I was making a lot more money than my wife that was just finishing grad school and just starting her career. I thought it might be a good idea if we kept separate accounts, back to tip number one, and then contributed to the bills based on our income. So if I made 70% of the income, I pay 70% of the bills and she would pay 30%. I figured out quickly, if you start working through that math, that I still would have a lot more money to spend than my wife would. And that just isn't fair. It's not my money. It's our money. And even if you're keeping separate accounts, remember, don't come up with some sort of a power trip. I've seen it in marriages and it is not cool. You are on the same team. Tip number five, keep your purchases out in the open. The number one reason people get a divorce is infidelity. One spouse cheats on the other. Boom, done. The number two reason why people get divorced is because of money. And remember this, being unfaithful to your spouse doesn't always involve an affair with somebody else. Sometimes there's financial infidelity. Sometimes if we're keeping a separate account, if we're stashing cash away, under our mattress and our spouse doesn't know about it, if we're hiding purchases from our spouse, if we have a credit card that our spouse isn't aware of, that is financial infidelity. And one in three have confessed that they have hid purchases from their spouse. And I will tell you, my friend, it doesn't end well. Keep purchases out in the open. Tip number six, set expectations together. When I think about this tip, not even reading what Rachel has to say, I think about family of origin. I think about if one spouse has come from a family with more money than the other spouse. And one spouse, when the family with more money, they've gone on several vacations every year. They've been accustomed to buying real nice clothes. They've been around lavish weddings. The list goes on. The other spouse, maybe they went camping for their vacation. Maybe got married out in a park. Now you're coming together, not on your parents' income, on your own income. Set those expectations together. Maybe one spouse really wants to go on a great vacation. That's cool. It doesn't have to happen right away. It doesn't have to happen the day after you get married. That honeymoon doesn't have to be so lavish. Maybe we can save up for something a couple years from now. Maybe we don't need to buy a spouse right away. Discuss your dreams. Compromise on those dreams. Go after those dreams. 
but set the expectations together. Part of my job as a financial advisor is to be a mediator to couples because couples have different expectations when it comes to retirement. One spouse wants to do one thing. Another spouse wants to do another thing. Let's come together and compromise. The same is true when you're just setting out in marriage. Let's figure out our dreams now and let's set those expectations together. Couples in healthy marriages are twice as likely to discuss money dreams together. And number seven tip, man, this is one that I need to look at, review, rubber stamp on my forehead because I fall victim to it. I feel like way more than I should and way more now than maybe I did years ago. And tip number seven is don't let the kids run the show. This can be a big source of arguments with your spouse. Figure out together what you're willing to do for your kids. Set spending plans for back-to-school shopping for clothes or Christmas time. And don't let your kids dictate what kind of money you should spend on what. Now more than ever, social media, my kids just watching YouTube video after YouTube video about kids doing videos, opening all their presents on Christmas, and they have 30 or 40 or 50 presents, and their parents spent $50,000 on their daggone Christmas, and now my kid comes and wonder why they only have four gifts. Kids now have more unrealistic expectations about money than ever before. Get on the same page with your spouse and do not let your kids run the show. Okay, what about you? What about you? Are you just getting married? Are you in a new marriage? Are you about to get married? Do you have kids that are about to get married, like me, this weekend? Or are you in a relationship where you fight about marriage? Listen to me clearly. It's time to stop making these money mistakes and find common ground. Because listen, if we can have a great, solid marriage, we can go real far in life, but it takes so much work. It takes time. It takes energy to build that spending plan every single month. It takes time and energy to communicate with your spouse about money. It can be awkward. It can be a frustrating process until you get used to it. But you can learn how to discuss your finances in a more productive way. And following these seven tips are going to help you on your way. So think about keeping a joint bank account. Discuss your lifestyle choices together. Recognize your difference in personality. Don't let salary differences come between you. Keep your purchases out in the open. Set expectations together. And do not let your kids run the show. If you can work on these tips, and if you can work together, 
And if you can continue to work on communication, because trust me, I know, communicating with your spouse is not always easy. But if we don't start today, it's only going to get harder and harder. So have those difficult conversations and get on the same page. If you want to read the article that Rachel wrote and her perspective, please go to bestinwealth.com and look for episode 205. But for now, I need to head off to a wedding. So I will see you all on the flip side. Have an awesome weekend. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal of Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer under personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.